Across the country and around the world. Enormous amounts of material. This is TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Carol Buckley, who is uh, in the animal, uh, the elephant sanctuary in Tennessee. So, uh, Carol, uh, what kind of water arrangement do you have for them? Is there a river, a creek, uh, what? Yes. 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 Tennessee has lots of water, and so what we have here are creeks, streams, ponds, spring-fed ponds, uh, and also a 25-acre spring-fed lake. So they can go stand in that puppy way deep. Oh, they can swim in it. Oh, wonderful! Do they do that much? Oh, they're they're great swimmers. They love the water. They're highly buoyant, so they can float along. So they must have a lot of fat. Exactly. That's why they're so buoyant. Isn't that something? You wouldn't think that. You'd think that they're like all muscle, but they're not, no, huh? No, lots of fat, yes. Charmaine and I have a joke about me. I go swimming, and I'm down at the bottom of the pool. Not me. I'm <laughs> floating at the top. <laughs> She's floating. So I hold on to her feet and pull myself up. <laughs> so they swim well. I didn't swim know. Swim very well. And yes. it must be fun for them to go in the water because they're buoyant, and it kind of counters their weight. Yeah, and, and they love it. And imagine you're getting that 10,000 pounds off their feet. It's, yeah. It's probably very comfortable. And there, there are parts of their anatomy that uh, would suggest that they were aquatic at some time in their evolution. So, you know, and I'm not surprised because when you oh. watch them, you see how, how uh, much they enjoy and feel comfortable in the water. Like what parts of them? Well, um, they have the ability to close off their ears ears so that they don't get any water down in their ears. Okay. They also have a, a second eyelid, a clear eyelid that they use when they're oh, underwater oh so they can my. still see what's going on. And of course they have that amazing trunk which acts like a snorkel when they're underwater. They yes. can still breathe. Have you ever seen them in your pond uh, just with their trunk up? All the time. So they're gone and there's just a trunk <laughs> <right> <laughs> there? <laughs> That's great. Well, that, they must just enjoy that. They do. It's you know it's it's uh, and some elephants more than others enjoy the water. Like Minnie, she's in the water all the time, especially if we have a horrendous storm and there's thunder and lightning and pouring down rain and and hail. You know where Minnie's going to be. Oh, She'll be swimming fun. in the pond. That's fun. She'll be in the pond in thunder and lightning. Oh yes, yes. In fact, they're all attracted during that time. Why? I don't really know why, but it's in the wild as well. It's you know it's just a. A, a reality that they say, oh, yeah, it's, if it starts storming, the elephants are going to go to the pond. So do you notice usually that the elephants are playing a lot? The, these elephants here, yes, they play all the time. I mean, and I'm not over-exaggerating. If they're not sleeping and eating, they're playing. And even while they're eating, sometimes they're playing. And what does playing look like? Well, it looks like dogs running around and being silly. Um I mean, it, it can range from being very active where they actually run. They'll, um, if they could find something to play with, like a, a tree branch or um, they, they love the um, grapevines. And they'll throw them up in the air and then run over there and grab them and drag them around and wrap them around their feet and they'll get down on their belly and just all wiggle around. <laughs> it's hysterical. They'll, they don't roll all the way over, but they roll on their side and they kick around and 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 that's with you know playing with with nature and then they come in the barn and we suspend toys from different places in the barn to give them something to play with because they like to play and their favorite toy in a barn is 
uh, you stretch a, a cable across between the uh, across the stall, and then you put you string all kinds of stuff on it, like you string barrels on it and tires and all this big elephant-sized stuff on it, and it, and they play with it. They get in there, they use their back, their feet, their head, and they knock everything around, and they squeal, and they trumpet, and they, they're very silly. It's the cutest thing. That's just great. Do you get any of your elephants from other countries? Uh, no. Well, all of our elephants have come from, you know, uh, well, from the U.S. and Canada, mm-hmm. and it would it's really actually illegal to import elephants into the into North America at this point because they are in, uh, the Asians are an endangered species. So we haven't received elephants from any other country. And no other zoos or anything? From, from outside the country? No. Okay. No, because, we, because since, uh, since they're an endangered species, you can't get a permit to bring them in. Right. Even if they're sick or needy, right. you still can't get the permit. So when, when they talk, I guess they have all kinds of body language. I imagine there's groaning and growling and trumpeting. Do you know what those mean and other sounds? Oh, sure. They're highly vocal creatures. They... They have a tr- an extensive vocabulary, and, and, and a lot of their vocabulary actually is unique to them, uh, and then they share some of the same. But it ranges from an, an incredible deep um, rumble, which is like a, a giant cat purr, uh, and that, that, that is formed in their chest. They have the trumpets that they make through their nose. Now, what, do, what do these mean as you're saying them? Well, it's all different. It depends. The purr is just heaven. They're just completely <laughs> content. They're so in heaven. Uh, it, they'll usually do it when a loved one approaches them. Uh, some of their favorite food, you know, is presented yep. to them. They just purr. How far uh, how far away can you hear them when they're purring? Oh, it depends on who the individual is. And Sometimes you can hear it, like with many, you can hear it. Oh, a hundred feet away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the trumpet. The trumpet can mean many things, but most of the time, the trumpet is excited, surprised, you know, something. Or if they were really, really frightened, an ele- elephant will do this a surprise trumpet if they've, you know, been frightened. Yeah. And then they've got a bellow. Um, this bellow is it, it just makes the building shake. Um, it vibrates through the valleys. It's, it's the most intense sound. And when we've heard elephants bellowing, it's uh, if they're out and they and they separate, two very uh, bonded individuals separate, mm-hmm. um, you know, on their own. They're out grazing, whatever, not paying attention. They both lay down to sleep. One gets up and wanders off, yep. and the other one doesn't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And then go, lets out this bellow of like, "Where are you?" Uh, what would and what would that sound like? I, I don't imagine it. Yeah, like nothing you've never ever imagined. <laughs> it, it's it's the uh, it's it's the deepest, richest, fullest sound I've ever heard. And then does the other respond? Oh yes, like In immediately. The same and then they go and then they run towards the sound. Oh, so, so doesn't that just move other. your heart? That's it's amazing. Do and you... see, when Jenny Jenny was at the sanctuary, and when Shirley arrived, when Shirley finally recognized Jenny after twenty three years, after twenty three years, Jenny recognized Shirley right away and kept poking at her and talking to her and trying to say, like, "Don't you remember who I am?" Yeah. And finally, you saw the light go on in Shirley's face. Her eye lit up, and she turned to Jenny. She she touched her and smelled her, and then just started bellowing. Ah. <sighs> And it, I, it was it was deafening. It was so loud. And then that went from the bellow, the bellow, bellow, highly emotional to 
these little sighs, like just sigh, sigh, oh. trumpet sigh, trumpet sigh. <laughs> That's amazing. They, they just have a very extensive vocabulary. And then they talk. They have chatters and chirps and little clicks and noises that they make with their mouth. Yeah. Um, and they all understand what it means. And it can be anything. I'm hungry. I'm happy. <laughs> um, you know, I- expressing their em- any of their emotions. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Carol Buckley, filling us with wonderful wisdom and truth about animals and particularly elephants. Sweet elephants. Uh, this is such amazing stuff. How how do you suppose these people live with themselves that abuse these creatures? Interestingly enough, I have spent nearly my whole adult um, uh, career being angry about the injustice done to elephants. And something was said to me just the other day that just made me step take a step back, and that was the suggestion that elephants aren't angry at these people who abuse them because the elephants recognize that the people are misaligned inside. And you they're, know, they're, the they're truth, not angry, but they're hurt. Yes, the truth is, is elephants, as everybody chooses their circumstances for some particular yes. reason. Yes. And one of the comments I wanted to make is, uh, as we as human beings in our country, United States of America, start to have places like the sanctuary, the elephant sanctuary, and other sanctuaries for animals, we start showing that we are, as a species, maturing. Because if we are going to be mature, enlightened people, that is the only way we can go with animals. Yeah, it reflects. So when these trumpet, these uh, elephants trumpet or bellow, how far away can you hear them? <laughs> Keith is oh, back to the I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a kid. They're big. <laughs> we have three separate areas in this 2,700 acres, and uh, in one of the areas, uh, it's where the African elephants live, and they're separated out from the Asians because they're not the same species, and they prefer not. To, uh, they prefer to be with their own kind. I see. Then we have another area which we call Asia, and that's where we have eight of the Asian elephants. And mm-hmm. then we have a third area, which is the quarantine facility, where elephants with uh, potential disease come and, and make sure that they're fine and before they're they're put with the other elephants. So we you can be in one area, like I'll be in the quarantine at the quarantine facility. And I will hear elephants in Africa or elephants in Asia bellowing. And that's, uh, you know, a couple of miles away. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. A couple of miles away. Wow. What, what kind of displays of power have you seen from these brutes? Well, you know, elephants are incredibly kind and sensitive. Um, they're by nature cooperative. All mm-hmm. the females live together. And so... In a healthy situation with elephants that are that are getting their needs met, you don't really see um, much activity aside from you know grazing, playing, sleeping, and that. How about but, pushing trees down? Well, they they do. Um, again, they're quite kind to nature. 
The only time we have seen, now let's talk about Asian elephants first. The yep. only time I've seen Asian elephants actually uproot trees is when the elephant is going through emotional problems, where they're going through their, they're actually working through emotional processes from their past when they first arrive at the sanctuary. Yes. And it took us some time to recognize that what these elephants were doing was working through a process because it wasn't a permanent behavior. It was a short-lived behavior. Of course, uh-huh. many trees got downed in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, they, they do, um, re- the area recovers very quickly because we're subtropical. Yeah. But then that is not the same uh, behavior with African elephants. And with African elephants, we were quite shocked, as a matter of fact, when we, got, when we brought in African elephants because their behavior regarding the trees was quite different from the Asians. And then they, in fact, went in and just knocked trees over just for the fun of it. They would be playing and walking, and they'd see a tree and knock it over. (laughs) And and we thought, oh, my goodness, you know, this is, uh, one, it it was difficult for us to to make sense of them pushing this tree over and, you know, in essence, killing the tree. The the flattened elephant sanctuary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then what we recognized is when you took an aerial shot, an aerial picture, of the African elephant habitat, you saw that they didn't uh, knock down all trees. They knocked down trees in certain areas, one around their barn and around areas that they would frequent uh, their napping spaces and places that they spent more time or areas where they ate a lot. They would knock the trees down there. And so then you can see a design. Exactly. They're clearing because actually African elephants are savanna makers. That's how they that's were designed. That's their job. Then that's what they're doing, is they're making savannas. And, and our girls are doing a very good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any male elephants there? No, we don't. And the reason we don't is because, by nature, elephants are matriarchal. And so that means that the greatest number of elephants that we could help would be female because they live in large groups. Right. If we were to help the males, we would have to give one male four times the space that a whole family of females Females could enjoy. Exactly. So it just makes more sense. Yes. Well, when you you can't, we well we found we can't help them all. Yes. But the other thing is that ninety nine percent of all captive elephants are female. Female anyway. Yes. So, so did the males cause trouble or, or what? Well, they wouldn't think it's trouble, would they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the male elephant is, they, they just need more space to roam. They, of yep. course, come into a season of musk, which makes them uh, quite dangerous. Um, they are very com- sort of competitive with themselves and with others. Right. So if there's a fence to be pushed down, they'll definitely it's do it. It's their job. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Paid pay three bales a day for that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what kind of displays of awareness have you seen with these animals? Well, I mean, we could talk for days about that. Um, one of the things is we see with each elephant that comes, she does have a recovery that she goes through. You know, even an elephant like Delory, who just came to us in May, she came from the Philadelphia Zoo. Uh, they actually were a rather progressive uh, mentality at that zoo and decided that even though they had had Delory for 40 years, 
they realized that um, she could have a much richer and more rewarding life at the sanctuary, mm -hmm. uh, something they couldn't give her at the zoo. Um, now, of course, with that philosophy, um, it, I'm not so surprised that she's probably one of the most emotionally healthy elephants that has arrived. Ah, uh, yeah. Got it before too much damage happened. Yeah, yeah. So, Even after 40 years, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and it really is that... Um, you know, some elephants come to us that have lived alone their whole life. They're highly neurotic. They're afraid of everything. And when I look at their, you know, study their past, which I do with all of them as much as I can, yep. is is that you see the deprived lives that they live. Yes. They, emotionally, they got none of their needs met. And then you look at Delorean and say, well, you know, she was living in a tiny little environment, which, you know, physically was not appropriate, but obviously she was getting a lot of her emotional needs met. Right. From. Yeah. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves. We'll be right back with more about the elephants. Stay with us.